The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 170 of the podcast or you're joining live here on YouTube. Today is Sunday, January the 5th, 2020. First episode of the new year, of the new decade. I hope everybody had an awesome New Year's Eve, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is you do. During the holiday season, I hope you did it well. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Hope you had some good booze. Um, a lot of you have been sending me some awesome things that you've been drinking throughout the holidays. I got some great new recommendations. I know I'm exhausted personally. Holidays are a tiring time, you know. Uh, a lot of attention to family and traveling in some cases and things like that. Uh, you guys may remember from the last episode, I had a lot of in-laws in town for the holidays this year. Forty of us under one roof in Claremont, Florida. We rented a big, big estate for everybody, big family reunion for my wife's family, and um, it was a good time. The kids, the kids had a blast. Um, I, I get stressed out with that many people around. I went through a lot of booze. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, drank a lot of Old Forester. The 86 proof. I had two big handles of that, uh, amongst other things. I was one of the more popular people on the property because I had a flask at my hip at all times. Um, and then after that, I had uh, 10 extra people in my house for another week, and uh, they had just left yesterday. It's a nice thing having family around. Uh, sometimes it's a nicer thing when they're gone because it's just a tiring time. Um, in any case, I hope everybody had an awesome holiday. Uh, first episode back in 2020, I can't find Jeff the Animal Wilson. So if anybody knows where he is, <laughs> please let me know. Um, he's got the link to come join in. Maybe we'll see the animal by the end of this episode. Maybe we won't. It's going to be a short one. I don't have a whole lot for you guys. Um, I know who is going to have a prosperous 2020 First of all, I want to extend a big congratulations to my friend, my training partner, Mr. Ben Zapata, who will be opening his very own Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy 2020. Very happy for him. Very proud of him. Awesome guy. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Mixed martial arts fighter. Mixed martial arts champion. World champion grappler. And uh, finally gets to open up his own school, Gracie Largo. So if you guys want to go give that uh, gym a follow on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Gracie Largo BJJ on Instagram. I'm sure he'll be posting a lot of great Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tips and um, and things like that. Uh, really top-notch Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu game. And if you guys live in the Largo, Florida area, then definitely go check out joining the gym if you've ever thought about doing brazilian jiu-jitsu 
he's definitely an awesome person to learn from. I can tell you from experience, I trained for trained with him uh, for a lot of years since he was a brown belt. Um, good guy, and uh, very happy for him opening his own academy. And looking forward to uh, getting some good training in there myself. Uh, so big congratulations! Uh, and uh, you know, to anybody else starting the year off with a with a big business endeavor, uh, you know, best of luck to you as well. Uh, we got Troy Jarvis here. He said, I look like Jake Gyllenhaal. Thank you, Troy. Uh, I've definitely been called worse. Uh, that, that's one I get That's one I get quite a bit. Um, I actually got uh, attacked by a prostitute in Las Vegas one time who thought I was Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a, kind of a long story. I don't know if I've told it on the air before. Uh, you know what? Why don't I go ahead and tell that story? Because... I don't have a whole lot of MMA stuff to talk about. So I was in Las Vegas for work a couple of years ago. I used to work for a big technology company, and there's a there's a big uh, technology convention that takes place in Las Vegas every year called CES, where they unveil the top-of-the-line technology, everything like that. So I got sent out there as an ambassador. I had to do a little bit of speaking. And uh, they put me up in a hotel at the end of the strip. I didn't know anything about Las Vegas hotels because I'd never been to Vegas before. They put me in the Luxor Hotel, which is the one that shapes like a pyramid towards the end of the strip. And uh, they could have changed me over to the Aria, which is like one of the newer hotels. And I, I had no idea at the time what the difference was. So I was like, uh, I'll have to do a bunch of paperwork. I, I don't really care to change it over. Just leave me in the Luxor. It's fine. So uh, I get there, and this hotel is built like a pyramid. It hasn't been updated since, like, the 1970s. The rooms are really old. Um, it, it, it wasn't the most comfortable, you know, fancy hotel to stay in, especially after walking around Las Vegas and getting to see some of the other hotels, like the Aria, that are, like, top of the line, really new and, and really cool inside. So I walked over to the next hotel because a lot of them are connected through underground tunnels and stuff, which was the Excalibur. The Excalibur is like the King Arthur's Court Hotel in Vegas. It looks like a big castle. Pretty run down. I was, I was walking through the casino. I don't gamble myself, um, but I do like casinos. I like walking through them and people watching and things like that. So I was walking through the Excalibur and I hear somebody yelling, Jake, Jake. And uh, I turned around, and I looked, and I see this uh, frumpy-looking lady coming up to me. she got tattoos up her neck. I think she had some on her face. I don't remember. Short, curly hair. Uh, a little bit shorter than me, and I'm not a very tall guy. Uh, and then she comes running up to me and grabs me by my arm. She's like, Jake, Jake. And I looked at her, and I was like, and she's like, you look confused because your name not Jake. And I said, no, it's not. And she's like, you know why I call you that? Because you look like Jake Gyllenhaal. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I was trying to loosen her grip on my arm a little bit, uh, resisting the urge to arm drag her and just spike her on her head because I don't like strangers touching me. But I stayed civil, and uh, she was like, hey, where are we going to party? And I said, oh, nowhere. Uh, I'm not going to party with you. Of course, meaning... You know, she wanted me to pay her for sexual intercourse. Uh, so she started causing a scene. 
and swearing at me and calling me names. Um, my theory is that this is a tactic that is done by prostitutes just so you give them money so they calm down and, and go away and leave me alone. So what I did was I kind of walked her over to the closest bar where there was a guy kind of slumped over on the bar and I just kind of like guided her and she latched onto him and um, started asking him where they were going to party and uh, you know dodge that bullet I guess and I never went back in the Excalibur hotel again um, uh, although I'm sure there are, there are similar seedy characters in, in all of the hotels in Las Vegas but that was my experience so got attacked by a hooker grabbed me and and uh, uh, I didn't feel clean for a couple of days after that not enough showers in the world uh, could have helped with that uh, but you know what could help right now I'm gonna crack this bottle um, I told you guys I was drinking a lot of Old Forester the 86 proof which is one of my go-to's if you're a longtime listener of the show uh, I always have a bottle of that in stock in my bar um, and that's what I was sipping out of my flask during the family reunion. But I picked up a bottle of this today, Old Forester, a single barrel. Um, so it's a it's a limited release single barrel. Um, this particular blend uh, has been selected for uh, Lucan's, which is a, a liquor store chain down here in Florida. And what I really like about Old Forester is that it's such a, a rich bourbon. You know, it's got a sweetness to it, but the sweetness isn't overpowering. You guys know I don't have too much of a sweet tooth. For those viewing on YouTube here, uh, I'm holding it up here. You can see it has like a really deep caramel color. A lot of burn on the nose. It's a 90 proof bourbon. Um, so, you know, they're stronger and they're weaker. Yeah, big burn on the nose. So you can really, you can really smell that alcohol coming off of it. All right, a lot more burn than I'd uh, anticipate uh, from a 90 proof. You know, it kind of drinks like a 100 proof, but uh, still pretty smooth. Real peppery on the front end. Kind of spicy, almost like a rye. Um, that, that was really surprising uh, because the 86 proof Old Forester is a lot more sweet. This one's uh, got a little bit of a, a peppery burn up front. Um, and the aftertaste is kind of a burn too. Uh, smooth in the middle, you get those kind of vanilla and, and caramel notes there in the middle. So burn smooths out and then burns for the finish. It's not a bad burn. It's not an overpowering burn. It's a nice, like a spice burn. I like it. Uh, truth be told, I might, I might prefer... The, just the regular Old Forester, the 86 proof. It's one of my go-tos. You know, I could drink that stuff all day long. It's like an everyday bourbon. It's not like a special occasion thing. It's just, uh, you know, pours a nice dram. <clears throat> In any case, we'll sip on this while we uh, get into some MMA. So not a lot has, has gone on since the last episode, um, which is why I decided not to do like an end-of-the-year show we kind of we kind of put a bow on that with the last episode two weeks ago, and I figured a lot of people would be so busy with family and everything, nobody's like listening to podcasts. I know I wasn't. 
because I was uh, I was definitely occupied with so much family in town. So uh, we had uh, PFL had their New Year's Eve show, the finale. Uh, I didn't even catch that one to be honest, but I know Kayla Harrison uh, did win the grand prize. So she's she became, I believe, the highest paid female in mixed martial arts as of right now. Um, if Ronda Rousey were still active, she would be the highest paid female, but she's not. So, um, Kayla Harris, um, congratulations to her. I mean, two-time Olympian. Now she's the PFL champion. Big things in her future. Um, there's nowhere for her to go in terms of UFC or Bellator or anything like that uh, because they don't have her weight class. She currently fights at 155 pounds. Um, the, the only high-profile fight for her out there is the Cyborg fight. And um, it looks like Cyborg signing with Bellator. I don't know if Kayla will, will go over to, uh, to Bellator. But if she does, then then that's a pretty high-profile fight. Speaking of Bellator, they had a card right before the the, uh, the end of 2019, and uh, Fedor Emelianenko knocking out uh, a very bloated Rampage Jackson, and it, this is not something I enjoyed watching. Um, Fedor, you know, with those fast hands that he's been known for his whole career puts rampage down and rampage kind of taps out on the ground waving off uh the ref saying you know no more uh which is not something we're used to seeing from rampage we're also not used to seeing him so out of shape um even during the heavyweight grand prix when he fought chael sonnen you know he was bigger and he didn't look in the best shape but uh he didn't look like this um and it's a shame to see because rampage jackson has provided some of the most epic memories in mixed martial arts, in my opinion. I mean, this guy was an absolute monster in his prime. Uh, for those of you who aren't longtime fans of MMA, his slam knockout of Ricardo Arona is one of the most epic finishes in the history of MMA. It's, it's definitely in my top five. Uh, it may be at the top, at, at the very top, uh, best finish ever. Uh, he was put in a triangle choke, and they they always tell you that don't try and slam a guy who's putting a triangle on you. It just makes it tighter. I guess nobody told Rampage Jackson that because he picked up Ricardo Arona and slammed him so hard he knocked him unconscious, and it is so vicious and so brutal, and it, it's one of those things that's just stuck in my mind. I can see it so vividly, and I remember watching that uh, back in Pride. And just being so amazed with Rampage Jackson, thinking, like, who's going to stop this guy? And then he had, you know, those wars with Vanderlei Silva, knocking out Chuck Liddell in pride and in the UFC uh, for the light heavyweight championship. Uh, and even some of his fights uh, in Bellator. You know, he had some he had some awesome feuds, the ultimate fighter. Um, you know, he, he had a tough fight with John Jones. Uh you know, one of the best of all time, in my opinion. Just uh, always put on a show. This is, but this is not how I want to remember Rampage. You know, coming out here to get a paycheck, getting in there with Fedor. I would, I would love to see an in shape, motivated Rampage Jackson fight Fedor. Um, but you know, this was, 
this was kind of sad to watch for me. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy anything about the fight. Some people, uh, suspected that Rampage took a dive. Uh, it, it was kind of a glancing blow. Uh, it's hard to argue, you know, it, why, why would he, it, it, it would make sense that he came in so out of shape because, it, you know, if he knew he was going to take a dive anyway, you know, why go through a hard fight camp? Uh, why not just enjoy yourself and you, you're going to collect that check either way? Um, I know Bellator is, has done works in the past. By works, I mean fixed fights. Um, that, that's just a fact. They've, they've done it before just to draw a crowd, just to get attention. Um, you know, there's been a lot of controversy with a lot of Bellator fights. Uh, the last Ken Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, uh, Hoist Gracie fight, uh, was very questionable. Uh, Chael Sonnen and Tito Ortiz, a lot of controversy with that one. We've talked about that at length on the show. Uh, I don't know for sure whether Rampage took a dive or not. I watched the finish several times. It's so hard to tell because Fedor does have that really deceiving power, you know, where he doesn't have to catch you clean. Uh, he's not even a true heavyweight. I mean, here's a guy who could have easily fought at 185 pounds uh, throughout his career, but, you know, chose to, I don't know, live and train the way he lived and trained and and fight as a heavyweight throughout his career. I mean, you can't argue with the results. The guy's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Some still say the greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, so it's a tricky one. If you're looking for my opinion on it, I, I couldn't make up my mind. Um, you could probably convince me either way that he took a dive or that he didn't. Um, but but just the fact that we're questioning it really says a lot about the promotion and the direction it's headed. Uh, Bellator has, has felt fallen off pretty hard um, in the last couple of years. You know they were making a strong run at it for a while when they, you know when they first signed. Uh, Rory McDonald and you know they had that welterweight Grand Prix that was a big deal you know a lot of great fights in there they have some great fighters they have some high level talent but you know some of the gimmicky stuff they do uh, is a real turnoff for for the, uh, the hardcore MMA fans I think and um, I don't think it's sustainable <laughs> Because the the people who like the the freak shows and the and the one offs and things like that, they're not going to tune in consistently. You know, they're not going to be supporting your sponsors and things like that. It's just not a good business model, uh, in my opinion. Um, but that's all I have on that. Uh, <clears throat> still not a lot going on. We we have to wait until January eighteenth for a UFC card. So I can touch on this a little bit. UFC two forty six going to be at the T Mobile Arena. Las Vegas, Nevada. Hopefully nobody's staying at the Excalibur. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't want to see Conor McGregor or or Cowboy Cerrone get attacked by a hooker um, the night before the fight or anything like that. This card, um, you know, maybe it's just the drought we're having. And I'm being picky because we haven't had UFC in a while. It's a pretty weak card. Um you know, if you're looking to come firing out of the gate in 2020, if you're the UFC, I, I definitely don't think they accomplished that with this card. 
I mean, you got Conor McGregor, who's still a marquee fighter. You can never take that away from him. People will want to see him fight, uh, no matter what your opinion is on him. Uh, you love him and you support him, or you can't stand him. You're gonna watch because you want to see him win, or you want to see him get his ass kicked. That's just that's just the fact of the matter. That's uh, that's not gonna change. But we're not seeing the same Conor McGregor. He's not out there throwing dollies at buses or, you know, causing a lot of drama, talking a lot of shit about Cowboy. He's been pretty passive for Conor McGregor. So that's a little concerning. And then, you know, the lineup on this card, you got a little bit of star power here. You got Holly Holm. She's fighting Raquel Pennington. Good fight. Good solid fight. But, you know, neither one of these girls are going to move the needle. If we're being honest here, uh, you know they're not trash talkers. They're not. They're not going to be, you know, putting out any drama on social media or anything like that. Anthony Pettis and Diego Fedea. This is a great fight, but you, you know more of the same. Uh, if anybody pulls out from the main event, we could be seeing Anthony Pettis versus Conor McGregor. You know, or Anthony Pettis versus Donald Cerrone in a rematch. You know, they fought back in the WEC. Grant Dawson, Chad Skelly, that's a really good fight that probably most people don't care about, but I'll tell you guys that you should watch it. And we'll take a deeper dive into this uh, maybe next week um, when I have Jeff back. Macy Barber and Roxanne Modafferi. Of course, Roxanne, the roommate of a big friend of the show, Serena De Jesus, a Southpaw outlaw. Uh, so we talk about her quite a bit on this show. And then, uh, you know, not a whole lot else going on on this card. I'm going to have to really kind of dissect it and, and, and analyze the matchups here to get excited about this one. Alexi Olenek and Maurice Green, probably one of the coolest fights on there. Very interesting matchup in my opinion. I'm a big fan of Alexi Olenek uh, and that weird wrestling style he has and that awkward grappling that's so been so effective for him uh, in the UFC. And that's it. Uh, we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into that later on. I don't. I don't like uh, like really previewing fight cards when they're so far away. Uh, one one more bit of information. Uh, Jeff Nowitzki, uh, you know, who used to work for USADA, now works for the UFC. Announced that the UFC has started a new program that they're piloting where they collect fluid from your mouth, saliva. And they will drug test that uh, for in-competition substances. So things like marijuana um, that you can take out of competition. Perfectly legal to smoke marijuana if you're a UFC fighter. Just not, you know, within a couple of days before your competition. And USADA will even send emails. I've verified this with many UFC fighters. USADA will send you an email like two weeks before your fight reminding you like hey it's time to stop smoking weed uh, because it's going to show up in your drug test and despite this we've still had uh, guys and gals fail the drug test for weed but you know the the test is flawed like anything else Uh, so it may be picking up something that you've done a couple of weeks ago uh, and it's still showing up in the blood test or the urine test with the with the new saliva test that they're piloting 
it's only going to pick up things that you've used in the last like couple of hours. So if you're on your way to weigh-ins and you just smoked weed uh, like an hour ago, um, the saliva test will pick that up. Uh, so it, it, hopefully it'll be a little bit more accurate for stuff like that because it's always annoying when you uh, when you hear somebody is not able to compete because of something like marijuana. I mean, it's really ridiculous. I mean, I know that I know the arguments for both sides. It's not a performance enhancing drug. They should be able to do it, whatever. But uh, then the other side of it is, you know, it does help with, uh, you know, relieving anxiety and things like that. And the mental game is a is a big part of mixed martial arts. So, you know, should it be allowed the night of the fight? Probably not. Um, but should it be a big deal where people are getting big suspensions for it? Definitely not. Uh, so hopefully, you know, this new uh, saliva collection testing method that USADA is piloting uh, will, will help with that. You know, um, not a whole lot else going on in the MMA world. You know, I was kind of I was kind of browsing all the the top news sites, like all my go to news sites to, to try and get some ideas for things to talk about. And, uh, everything is just kind of like recapping 2019. You know, a lot of the journalists are, are still taking time off. They all figured like, Oh, Conor McGregor's fighting in a couple of weeks. We're going to get, we're going to get plenty of content. Um, so I guess they're still all enjoying the holidays. They're not, they're not, uh, typing up their fake clickbait headlines to uh to get clicks and stuff like that because they know connor's fighting and uh they're going to be getting plenty of traffic because of that and that's it man i mean a lot of scary stuff going on in the world the fires in australia uh we're, we're definitely thinking about those people that are that are suffering through that that that's a scary thing man um a brush fire is a scary thing to deal with uh, I, I can I can speak from experience. I was a firefighter back in New York for seven years, uh, as some of you may know. Um, of course, we don't deal with a lot of brush fire in New York. It's mostly structure structure fire, which is um, a lot more easy to control and to contain and to stop from spreading. Brush fire is a scary thing. You, you know, you got some some dry trees and stuff like that. They'll just keep. They'll just keep combusting, uh, and and you know you can try and surround and drown as much as possible, but uh, you know once it gets going, it's it's a really scary thing. And then you know especially what it's doing to the air quality, all the people breathing in smoke. Uh, so uh, we definitely hope they get that under control out in Australia. Um, uh, fire is a scary thing, man, um, and I I can tell you. I, I know a lot of people who who are scared to death uh, of fire, uh, and for good reason. You know, I know people who who couldn't make it through the fire academy because they couldn't even deal with with the simulated fires. Uh, you know, they would throw up in the regulator masks and uh, and stuff like that uh, be, because of they they panic from the heat and everything like that. And then there have been so many cases of, of people jumping out of windows. Uh, basically killing themselves because they didn't want to burn to death because it's a horrible horrible way to die uh so it's a scary thing when you when you know you have this this fire it's approaching and 
there's no way to really deal with it. Um, you, you know, all you can really do is slow it down and, and hope it kind of goes out. Um, but I know there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of reliable resources where you can give money to try and help these fires in Australia. Just make sure, uh, if you're giving money to anything and that's just, that goes for any charitable cause, just make sure, you know, it's a, it's a reliable source and, it, and the money's going to the right places. Cause unfortunately there's a lot of fraudulent things out there, uh, which is, which makes the world a scary place as well too. Uh, you know, not all the scary things are as obvious as brush fires. In any case, uh, I'm sorry you guys didn't get a dose of, uh, the animal this week. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I'm sure we'll get an update. Uh, if you want to let him know that you were disappointed and make it on the show this week, you hit him up on social media, animal underscore Wilson. And guys, please reach out to me on social media as well. I love hearing from everybody. Uh, thanks for letting me know what you've been drinking through the holidays. Uh, I want to know what you're sipping on, you know, throughout 2020 as well. And even beyond that. So, uh, reach out on social media at MMA on the rocks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, send me an email. If you want MMA on the rocks, gmail.com visit the website. Um, it's been pretty stagnant for quite a bit. And you know, I got some older articles up there. Uh, they're mostly, uh, opinion type articles so they're not really dated or anything but uh, I got to be more diligent about putting content up there and uh, you know any feedback for the show is always appreciated uh, if you're giving the show a rating that's definitely appreciated helps other people find the show and uh, makes us look good too and we appreciate you guys making us look good and if there's anything you want to see different about the show let me know I'm always open to it all right guys sorry is a short episode this week but you know not a whole lot going on so you got a little peek into my life, uh, what I did for the holidays, and, and how I got attacked in Las Vegas by a hooker. Um, and, and that's all I got for you this week. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.